0: homage to the buddha the dhamma and the sangha this is a question and answer session specifically on the karaniya metta sutta on the practice of cultivating loving kindness or metta the question is why is sense restraint so important for metta can you explain why the lack of sense restraint is considered dangerous and why the Buddha uses the simile of burning when describing this. So, when we went through the Karaniya Metta Sutta, I think it was part three, and we were looking at core virtues of Metta. And as you can see from undertaking this meditation, what we're doing is trying to refine our sila. So, we're actually trying to purify and therefore it fulfills what the Buddha calls adhi sila which means higher virtue or higher morality and part of that is sense restraint and what people often miss is how it actually um, is part of developing higher morality and the reason for it is that it comes under sangvara sila which is uh, the sila that goes with restraint and so that's one part of it so when you are doing silava which is being virtuous sense restraint plays a a big part of that as the sangvara sila part of it because in doing so what you're actually doing is you're preventing uh the through the sense bases getting caught up and misapprehending conditions causes and conditions and therefore Um, getting entrapped in in many ways, entrapped, bonded to sense pleasures that uh, ultimately lead you to coming back again in the ultimate sense. Now with sense restraint, what Buddha has said about sense restraint is that it's the the foundation for spiritual growth. So that's one of the sutras that we looked at. It said that it is a, a foundation for spiritual growth. The Buddha also gave a number of different teachings around sense restraint. Um, it's such a huge thing that when you go to the Sanyutta Nikaya and different parts of the Anguttana Nikaya, you see a lot of emphasis. Like there are chapters devoted to just sense bases and, and sense restraint. One particularly good sutta is the Indriya Sangvara Sutta. But um, alongside that, you also have the Pamada Vihari Sutta, which we also went through. And also the the key one around um, the tortoise and and the wolf or the fox, where the tortoise senses danger. And in order to protect itself, it retracts its head and it retracts its limbs. So what's important is actually to see that when you keep your senses open, you're actually fueling them. So when you lack sense restraint, so that means there is no sense, sense restraint, you're actually keeping your ears open, your eyes open, your nose open, your mouth open, uh, the sensations through the body open, and then also the mind is open. And so when it's open, that means it's, it's actively being fueled. So when it's actively being fueled, you're taking in forms through the eye you're taking in smells through the nose you're taking in taste through the mouth you're taking in sounds through the ear and you're taking in uh, the sensation of touch through the body and therefore through those five you activate and fuel the mind and why that's a problem why that's dangerous is that essentially if you take it as uh, something that you like, or even dislike, or something in between, that whatever object it is through the uh, six senses, whatever object it is that you're taking in, that if you go which is you take delight in it, you then welcome it uh, again and again, and then you remain holding to that, then it leads towards nandi, which is delight, clinging, which is upadana, and then bhava, which means coming back into existence, and then jati. So that's essentially what happens. Now, when that happens, what you're basically saying is, I want to create another eye, I want to create another ear, I want to create another nose, I want to create another tongue, and I want to create another body, and therefore mind. And... Our predicament is such that we come into the world with comma that is conditioned to think this is great we want that because we can get some kind of temporary happiness out of it but as you go through life if you really pay attention and as you practice in accordance with the buddha's teaching you start to really see that actually this this kind of happiness that we get is quite temporary and oftentimes some of this so-called happiness leads to more unhappiness because it's never enough like no matter what you eat no matter how tasty it is you go back for more and it's never really enough once that is activated it keeps going and going and going and you would do anything for those tastes likewise same with through the body Uh, whether it is sexual whether it is alcohol whether it is drugs You're always trying to get the bigger high from that. And the same thing could be said with the eye. I mean, even when you think about misuse of the eye, that when you not just look at pleasant scenery, it's even the misuse through the internet, through the TV, through reading material, through pornography. It's when it gets to the extreme, um, and even before then, that you get caught in it that, it's never enough and you need to keep going for it and so you would work harder for it you would toil over it it becomes your priority that you no longer see the truth you just misapprehend and that is our basic uh conditioning when you when you come into the world because that's how you created this body whether it's through any of those objects through the ear eyes nose tongue and body and then mind and What we're trying to do by following the Buddha's meditations, (coughs) by following the Buddha's meditations, by actually training ourselves, what we're trying to do is actually to go against our usual thinking, go against our conditioned thinking and really think a different way and to correct some of our wrong views if not all of our wrong views. And when we are able to do that, that's when sense restraint, Indriya Sangvara or Santindriyo in the Karaniametha Sutta, same kind of thing, is we're trying to actually cultivate a higher higher thought or a higher mind because this is what is known as Adichitta. Because we're trying to refrain from unwholesome things and we're trying to actually refrain or uh, be away from sense pleasures that's what fulfills the the first two parts of adhicitta, the higher mind or higher thought once you do that what you actually see is once you actually correct these wrong wrong things then you actually have a chance to develop the jhanas and that's the the latter part of adhicitta. that that's what you're actually trying to do and so when you start to see that that's when you start to see why it's dangerous and um you you actually need the virtue through sangvara sila the uh, restraint um that brings that kind of virtue to actually then get to adichitta, which is the higher mind or higher thought and i guess the higher concentration of mind that once you actually be able to do that then Um, You're away from sense pleasures or things that activate the senses. You're away from unwholesome as a result of that. And therefore, you can actually access the mental absorptions. You can actually develop a a deeper concentration actually to then penetrate Dhamma, to then uh, cultivate higher wisdom. But that only comes by being able to see, because the way you get to Adipanya at that point is really to see, if I indulge through any of my sense bases then i may want to create another eye ears nose tongue therefore i want to create another body because you can't create any of these sense bases in isolation of a body and therefore the whole mess of suffering comes again because uh, you you want to birth again so the second part of the question is uh, why the buddha uses the simile of burning and we'll take another closer look at this in order to answer this question. The Sutta where the Buddha gives the teaching on burning is called the Ditta pariyaya Sutta. And it's in the Sanyutta Nikaya, Chapter 35, and it's Discourse number 28. And it's commonly known as the Fire Sermon. It's where the Buddha gave a teaching to newly ordained uh, ascetics, about a thousand of them. And they had previously performed sacred fire rituals. And so Buddha used uh, the same kind of uh, analogy in order to teach them about the sense spaces and the danger of the sense spaces. And actually how to liberate by overcoming both the internal and external uh, sense spaces. And so if we take the example of the eye, what the Buddha had said was, because all is burning... And what because is the all that is burning? The eye is burning, forms are burning, eye consciousness is burning, eye contact is burning, and whatever feeling arises with eye contact as condition, whether pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that too is burning. Burning with what? Burning with the fire of lust, burning with the fire of hatred, with the fire of delusion, Burning with birth, aging, and death, with sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure, and despair, I say. The Buddha goes on to the other sense bases. So, what's important here is when it burns with the fire of lust, hatred, and delusion, this is a similar way of saying Loba dosa moha in terms of greed, hatred, and delusion, or in this case, Raga dosa moha, lust, hatred, and delusion. And the other interesting thing is a uh, Buddha says everything is burning. So both internally and externally, it's burning. And uh, he goes through each of the sense bases. So what, what we'll do is we'll look at this in, in more detail, what, what the Buddha actually means. And, and actually what's really important about this is because it actually links up to the Padityasamupada, the dependent origination. So when you look at what the Buddha says as the Jnana as the insight pathway that he's showing us, even in a, a paragraph like this, you can actually see the adhichitta, adhipanya part of it, particularly um, if you restrain. Because if you restrain, you're, you're fulfilling uh, sila, so the restraint of, uh, of in order for virtue. But then when you actually start to see the danger of it, and then start to restrain through the sense bases. You're actually fulfilling um, uh, being separated from from central things, and then also unwholesome things, and therefore the mind can absorb. But then the Panya comes with the wisdom where you actually break the link in the Patichya the dependent origination. And we'll, we'll look at that. Uh, I have a, a few slides that can actually show uh, where that actually breaks if you actually practice this. If we translate the Buddha's words into a table of some sorts or a a kind of process map, then what you see is that what Buddha describes is really around agreeable objects, disagreeable objects, and neither agreeable nor disagreeable objects, and the kinds of sense contact that arises. And that once you make sense contact, you get some kind of feeling. And eventually with that feeling, the more you activate that then you burn with the fire of lust or hate or delusion and eventually you get up get to some kind of dukkha and what is quite interesting is that if you go to the petakopadesa which is the pitika disclosure in the minor discourses it actually breaks out what we've taken from the ditta sutta what we've come to about four or five uh links in the chain you actually, uh, it can be expanded to about 10. It actually breaks it out more. And so you, when you meditate on that, it actually uh, helps you to understand it more. But essentially what the Aditta Pariyaya Sutta is saying, similar to Petakopadesa, is, is this thing. It's saying, no matter what object you take, and, and the minute you make sense contact, and if you continue with that contact, then you'll get some kind of feeling so whether it's an agreeable disagreeable or neither agreeable nor disagreeable object once you make contact then you'll get something whether it's pleasant painful or neither painful nor pleasant feeling but what happens is you end up burning with lust so raga-salla or burning with hate dosa or burning with delusion moha-salla and you end up in dukkha and It's more explicit in Pethagopadesa, which I've listed here, is you end up in uh, Vipranama Dukkha, which is painfulness in change, Dukkha Dukkata, which is this painfulness in pain, and uh, the final one is Sankara Dukkha, which is uh, painfulness in construction. So the meditation that one can really do is uh, any kind of object you take, When you make contact you you get whatever feeling it is you end up in dukkha and the best way to meditate on this to understand burning is actually to take an example in each of them so under each uh, one you take an agreeable object you use an example disagreeable object you take your own example and neither agreeable nor disagreeable you take your own example and you meditate on these steps and you see whether you end up in so I'll just give an example for a agreeable object take a piece of chocolate cake and feed it into this process okay you take a piece of chocolate cake uh, you 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 uh, see it and so you make contact you want it you really want it you go and get it and so you're expecting this pleasant feeling from it and so while you're looking at it and then while you're consuming it you get this happy feeling um, But what happens is a series of steps where by the time you get to burning with fire and lust, what you're saying is, I want it again, because when it comes to an end, you're actually experiencing some kind of lust towards it, lust in the sense of wanting more. And so when that happens, you experience the painfulness in change that it's come to an end and there's no longer any more chocolate cake, but you want it again. And so at that point, you experience a, a painfulness in change, the, the Vipranama Dukkha. And so you would do something to go and get it again. And usually that comes when you don't sense restraint. If you sense restraint, you don't normally think about chocolate cake, unless it's something that's at the um, forefront of your mind. But when you you are away from you know things like chocolate cake, then when you don't see it, you don't necessarily want it so you can break it down in that way now the sutta also goes into the other uh, insight pathway which we can also go through so instead of um, having delight in all these objects the buddha actually then presents um, the opposite of it or the cessation of it which is really what i've trans transcribed into this this process table, which is with the agreeable object, you have discussed with the agreeable object. You actually realize the truth about all these objects, that they all lead to dukkha. So you have discussed with the disagreeable object and you have discussed with neither agreeable nor disagreeable object. And so you don't want to make sense contact. This is where the sense restraint comes in, that because of this discuss with sense contact, that you've actually gone through the previous insight pathways and you've seen the truth of it, you can now realize, actually, I don't want to go towards those things, and so I have this sense of nibbida towards it, and and so you don't want to go, you don't even want to make sense contact, and therefore you you decide, I want to have sangvarasila, I want to have uh, this virtue of, of restraint. Therefore, uh, you're disgusted with any kind of feeling because you actually understand that all feelings lead to dukkha, no matter what they are. That the pleasant feeling is temporary the painful feeling is actually really painful and the neither painful nor pleasant feeling also leads to dukkha so so why indulge or believe in that and then the next step is really that Buddha says in all these cases uh, we, when you experience the disgust the nibbida towards uh, objects and their contact and their feeling then you you actually start to have disinterest you know you, you're actually not interested in it you start to detach from any of these uh, objects that you you take taking through your sense bases when that happens what buddha says is there'll be this lack of desire for these things and so one becomes free and then with the freedom you you get the knowledge the jnana the knowledge that you're free and then the buddha ends it with birth is exhausted the holy life has been lived What had been done, has been done, or what had to be done, has been done. And there is no more uh, for the state of being. So that you see two particularly inside pathways contained in the Dittaparayaya Sutta, in the burning. And that's what the Buddha was teaching to these former ascetics who had ordained in his his lineage. And uh, it's very, very powerful teaching. And uh, you can actually get a more detailed version of uh, this particular part in the Petakopadesa as well, the Pitaka Disclosure. It actually has more links and when you meditate on it, it shows the type of um, releases that one could get in terms of uh, liberation. So that's a short um, explanation of it. What I probably would uh, like to go through is just to show you where it actually... Uh, comes to in terms of the Paticca Samuppada. When we look at dependent origination, which you can find in the Paticca Samuppada Sutta and it's Sangyutta Nikaya, Chapter 12, Discourse number 1, you see the 12 links in the dependent origination. So you begin with ignorance. Ignorance is what causes us to come back into the world. So that is a condition for volitional formations which is then a condition for consciousness, then name and form, then six sense bases, then contact, then feeling, therefore craving arises, then clinging, existence, therefore then birth, ageing and death, and therefore the whole mass of suffering. Now what we've got here is a, a diagrammatical depiction of those 12 links. And what I've highlighted here is really the links around six sense bases, contact and feeling. Because what we've been going through via the Adjitaparayaya Sutta is where Buddha is telling us we can actually break these links. Six sense bases and contact is really where sense restraint is very important. Because when you start practicing sense restraint, you get the ability to see what the fire sermon was trying to show us. Which is, when you create six sense bases, you're actually wanting to come back and make contact through any of these sense bases. And when you make contact, you have the potential, particularly through dependent origination, to misapprehend feeling. When you misapprehend feeling, tanha arises, craving. And the misapprehension means that you start to burn with lust, hatred and delusion. But you don't see it you actually misapprehend that you think there is actually instead of dukkha there is sukha, which is lasting that can be controlled you can hold on to it you can get whatever you want but buddha always says that you you actually never get what you want due to the fact that we are aging uh we get old um we get sick and then we die that this is the predicament for all of us that don't misapprehend it uh the buddha is saying but when we misapprehend, through clinging, we actually think, okay, it's worthwhile, there's something valuable here to come back to existence. When we think like that with the wrong view, then of course we create another birth and then aging and death come with that and the whole mass of suffering comes with that. And if we never correct the view, then yet again we would want to create another body, you know, through wanting to to experience these things through the the sense bases, and so the whole thing continues again that's the ignorance and so you get this idea ah oh, this is good let's do it again and so you create uh, the volitional formations consciousness name and form and then again six sense bases. so what the buddha is saying through the fire sermon is don't do that like look at these sense bases. look at contact made through the sense bases. look at the feelings that come through the sense bases, but realize that they all end up in Dukkha, which is the, the, the processes we were looking at before through the fire sermon. And when you break through, when you really see that truth, that no matter what object you take through the six sense spaces, that no matter what contact you experience, whether you experience pleasant contact, painful contact or contact that is neither painful nor pleasant, it ends up in one of the three types of feeling. Pleasant feeling, painful feeling, and neither painful nor pleasant feeling. But when you experience that and you use your own examples to meditate, you start to see actually, they all end up in some kind of dukkha. And so if you really meditate on that, um, you have the opportunity to break these links. So that is the beauty of when you bring that all together. Uh, that's another way of also seeing why sense restraint becomes so important, because you don't actually want to keep going down this this pathway, this unwholesome pathway uh, that the, that the Buddha is actually telling us. So uh, again, you know, if if you do go down this way, then you you start burning with lust, burning with hatred, burning with delusion, and it's a very unhappy Uh, thing to actually do because at that point you have no choice really because you have the wrong view and therefore you are with uh, the unwholesome really and so when you start to learn this 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 true dhamma from the buddha liberation is is much closer because if you attend to this you actually start to see ah this is how it's constructed this is the pathway of how it's constructed and then you you look at the Buddha's other pathways. This is how you don't uh, construct it. This is the Atangama part of it. So what we've been looking at so far is mainly the Samudaya, the rising of uh, the 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 wrong side of it. And Buddha also always gives the Atangama or the Niroda, the the non-arising, the cessation of it, and which is really uh, the path leading, you know, out of of that, which is the Noble Eightfold Path. And so, through the Noble Eightfold Path, which becomes the Tenfold Path, you really fulfill a higher virtue, higher thought, and therefore higher wisdom. And so, this is a way of looking at that. So, we have this reference when you have controlled sense faculties, which is Santhindriyo, the equivalent is Indriya Sanghvara, sense restraint and tranquil minds your bodily action will be peaceful your verbal action will be peaceful and your mental action will be peaceful so this is the arama danda sutta Nikaya, chapter 2 discourse 36 and what the buddha is saying here is essentially the culmination of understanding this dhamma that when you understand that you have you you control your sense faculties and want the tranquil mind, then bodily action will be peaceful, verbal action will be peaceful, mental action will be peaceful. It's really the culmination of the Noble Eightfold Path that you really see that you don't want to burn and you don't want to be with the unwholesome, that you see sense pleasures for what they are. They're very temporary. They're very prone to misapprehension. They're the reason why we've actually come back into the world. We misapprehended and we thought that we could squeeze even the little bit of sukha out of it and that we could control those conditions to make them last and that we have the power. But when you contemplate our predicament of old age, sickness and death that comes with birth, then you realize that we actually don't have control over this situation at all our predicament is quite dire and quite risky, precarious, if you will. So then we, uh, when we actually cultivate some of these meditations of the Buddha to actually see this truth, when you see this truth, you realize the, the beauty of having calmed sense faculties, having tranquil mind, that these two go hand in hand with the Noble Eightfold Path, that you realize that If you walk the Noble Eightfold Path, then you can have a more balanced existence for the rest of of this life. And in that way, you're guarding yourself in many ways from the dangers that come with uh, sense pleasures, that come with uh, misapprehending feeling, that you no longer misapprehend uh, sense objects, you no longer misapprehend the contact, therefore you refrain you no longer misapprehend all those feelings and therefore you don't create another opportunity to come back again and this is really the culmination of of this this knowledge and so you take precautions that's where the prudence comes in that you realize after all of this that one needs to make wise choices so in the karaniyametta sutta you can actually fulfill this because once you see the the power and the importance of sense restraint. The next uh, step is really around prudence, you know, wisdom around the choices we make. And when that kicks in, that's something that really helps with the adhiśila, the higher virtue, because you realize sanghārāśila, restraint virtue, is really around uh, guarding, and and so you're starting to really fulfil the higher virtue. And then what happens is when you guard guarded away from sense pleasures and away from the unwholesome, so you wouldn't, because you're not activating those senses, then your bodily action is corrected, your verbal action is corrected, your mental action is corrected. Because you're refraining, then adhicitta, the higher thought, the higher concentration of mind can come to come to be. So that's why when you do the Metta, why the jhanas, why the mental absorptions actually come, come to be without actually pushing them. Because you see this truth, because you've purified body, speech and mind, uh, mental absorptions uh, really activate. And then, as you know from the Karinimetha, Adipanya comes to be because you actually see the insight that comes with the with the steps in the meditation that you end up realizing, I don't actually want to come back to a mother's womb. And, and you know why that you have the the wisdom behind that you see the arising what creates this body, which is really through the lack of sense restraint and the lack of understanding about the dangers of it. And therefore you realize actually, I don't want to have this arise again. And you see that in the Karani Metta Sutta, what you actually do in the meditation is to correct that view, and through virtue, and the right view, you actually make that that strong intention. So I'll leave uh, the discussion here and uh, offer that as the answer to the question, a very important question. And let's share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings in gladness and safety be well. May all beings be free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem. Wish you all well. Beruvan Saranai.